0: There was a, I don't know if this is a real story, but there was a ship carrying glycerin that went through a massive storm and killed all the crew, but it never blew up. And then when they found the ship, they, un- they uncorked all the barrels and the glycerin had crystallized, making nitroglycerin. At that same moment, all other glycerin across the globe crystallized. In like chemical synchronicity. The reason why the five most deadly prisoners in the world all go to Tokyo is the same principle that made all of the glistener in the world crystallize which is inexplicable divine synchronicity. This show is insane. credits John did you know right now you could help name our podcasting spider on Twitter what how by sending us a name of a podcast spider on Twitter oh uh, of a podcast spider i don't know what to call it a podcast spider is a good mix between the two words But I just wanted to let you know at the top of the episode that you could help us name a spider. If you've ever wanted to name a spider before, but were legally forbidden from doing so, now is your chance to name one by proxy. All you gotta do is send us a name of a spider to at ZCPCWHJ. Send in your spider names today. Is there any kind of hashtag they need to associate with that? Because we get so much interaction on Twitter. You're right. Uh, They have to uh, name, name that spider, (laughs) hashtag name that spider, not to be confused with any ongoing hashtag name that spiders on Twitter. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name is John. And together we're Henry and John, we're foregoing the jokes this week to talk about that there cultural happenings of the zeitgeist. I was trying to sound like Eeyore because Eeyore's birthday party happened recently. Oh, that's that weird Austin event where people don't wear clothes. People, they wear mostly clothes. Children are invited. Uh, and people do drugs. And people don't wear their clothing. It's like, uh, Burning Man, but fewer people die, and fewer people attend. And also, it's only for one weekend instead of an entire month. Oh man, Burning Man, let me tell you, I'm a big burner. Are you a burner? I'm a big burner. I'm a Bernie. Oh, Sanders? Or man. Let me guys... Let me... Wait. No, I said it right the first time. Let me guys tell you about Bernie Man. (laughs) You love Burning Man so much. Let me introduce you to my friend Bernie Man. He's much like your precious Burning Man. He's a big, dry dude who's gonna solve all of your problems. When he lights himself on fire? We don't know how his presidency is gonna turn out. But look... Just like Burning Man, at Burning Man there's no money, <laughs> no. everyone's happy, Burning Man. Burning Man. You ever have a bit really just die? Like it really goes off a cliff? All of my bits really just go off a cliff. It's my brand of comedy. <laughs> and this week we're sponsored by Coke Zero, the crisp, smooth, refreshing taste with none of the calories and zero of the sugar. I mean, you... Wait, you mean Coke zero sugar? Remember when we had that whole episode where all we did was drink on Mike? Yeah. Drink Coke? We drink... We drinked Coke. It was good. It was a good time because we got to taste... I got to find a new favorite... Zero calorie, zero sugar beverage that we're not paid to talk about at all. Yeah, we're not paid at all to sing its praises, nor how much it is, is better than the devil piss that is Diet Coke. Also, it's got 35 milliges <laughs> grams, I guess, yeah. of caffeine, which gives me why am I acting like <laughs> I'm getting paid for this? Yeah, no, we're not getting paid for this. Coke Zero is fine, it is my second choice to warm diet A&W root beer because coke zero tastes better but it's got caffeine in it it does i usually mix a little rum in it so that the caffeine is really <laughs> neutralizes the caffeine's <laughs> yeah. effects. The, the You know, because alcohol's kind of a downer, and yeah. caffeine's kind of an upper. So if you combine the two, there's no ill, Ill effects at all. Yeah, historically, I believe uh, doctors, like people in the doctoring field, have said that what you should do is, you should cancel out your uppers with your downers, so that you maintain a totally normal high. That's great. I, uh, yeah, no, I don't understand, like, rum and, not rum and, <laughs> rum and, uh, Roman Pierce? So like vodka, Roman Pierce from the Fust and <laughs> the Furious? Oh my god, the mispronounced words so far. Uh, anyway, no, uh, like vodka Red Bull? Yes. I don't understand why people like that because to me, a vodka Red Bull always just makes me feel bad. It doesn't make <laughs> me feel energized or drunk. To me, a vodka Red Bull to me, I've never had one, but it reminds me of like McDonald's food where it's like, it's a thing you could put in your body, and then afterwards, your stomach hates you. Yeah, I really never felt great. Uh, a, a vodka Red Bull used to be my go-to drink before I would do improv, and it was some of the worst improv of my life. I feel like whoever made that drink, they were looking in like their cabinet, and they were like, You know what? Vodka's kind of lazy. I'll add <laughs> some energy drink to really pep up that alcohol, really get it going through my system... So that I can get drunker faster. Vodka's, listen, vodka's a layabout. I want to get your cousin Red Bull in here to really slap you on the ass. He's get has a job door. at the bank, you know? Yeah. You gotta take after your older cousin Red Bull, Vodka. You can be a teller. He can get you in the door. And together, like, it, you know, they get together. They finally leave the house. And that's when the older brother Red Bull's like, yeah, the job sucks. Want to try some heroin? Yeah. And then you realize that uh, Red Bull's been doing heroin. Yep. And together, they're a bad combination. This metaphor is going really off the rails. It really is where Red Bull got its slogan from. Red Bull gives you heroin. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we can say that. We're not paid. Not being paid by a beverage company means you're totally within (laughs) your legal rights, not only to praise them, uh, but to slander them openly about giving you drugs. Yeah. You know they got sued for the Red Bull gives you wings campaign because like oh they didn't literally give me wings. I don't know if they won or lost that lawsuit, and I don't care <laughs> to look it up. You know, uh, Bang Energy I think has been under a lot of lawsuits recently. Never heard of them. Never heard of Bang Energy. Does it give you the bang in your bang? Number one, it's three hundred milligrams of caffeine, which That's is way too me. much. Uh, it's It says it has creatine in it, which is completely... It's, illegal. No, creatine's totally legal. Legal. Yeah, creatine's totally legal. But it says it has creatine in it, but it's what they call super creatine. Totally insoluble in the human body. It's a waste. It's got like CoQ10 and ginseng in it. It tastes really bad. And Don't their CEO it. is insane. Okay. He's also very litigious, so allegedly he's insane. Well, we've got a real banger of an episode for you folks. we got a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about, no structure with which to contain all of the topics. It's been a really weird week. If you want to imagine your typical podcast episode of being like a beautiful Japanese bento box with the uh, the individual sections, and they're all beautiful, the little hot dogs look like squids, you know, bento box, yeah, and a uh, little toy, yeah, this is uh this podcast episode is like uh it's the same food, but it's like a bag of loose food, <laughs> yeah. if you can imagine like a sandwich bag, and then all of the food from the bento box is removed from the box and tossed into the same bag. We got juices mixing and meats touching, yeah, that sounded weird, <laughs> but the, I mean. It's not like our normal podcast is all that well-structured, so you might not even... Why are we calling attention to it? Yeah, really, if we bring it up now, people will only scrutinize it. Here we go, John. We gotta start off, as we have started off every week... Oh, God, this is gonna be a hard episode. It's gonna be very <laughs> difficult. Can I hit them with the theme music? Yeah, hit them with the theme music. Bop, bop, ba bop bop, ba How you know, we've that's, started that's every episode of, uh, the past five weeks... We're gonna hit you with our vague Game of Thrones recap review. Hit him with that theme song, John. Okay, we got it in there somewhere. We Go might tell it on the bar. What would be funny is not one copyright strike, but three, because they couldn't quite decide which music we were actually trying to do. I think in the uh, musical space, particularly in the marching band space, what we just did could be called a medley. And that would mean it's an original arrangement, so go away, lawyers. Fuck off, Hans Zimmer. This week's episode, the second penultimate last episode of Game of Thrones forever. Yeah, the second to last episode before all of the spinoffs. And boy, is it a real, should I say, barn burner? Oh, it's a a real barn burner. I'd like to uh, compare this... To uh, the William Faulkner short story, Barn Burning. No, not really. In which the barn is a city. Whoa. And the burning is a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, No, it it was a real episode. And I mean, I'm sure that everything has been spoiled for you already. Because we live in hell where people spoil TV the second it comes out. There's a lot of... As we've discussed. There's a lot of things I didn't like about this episode. You know what I... Namely all of it. Uh, you know what I feel about this episode? What? It's my favorite of the season thus far. Even more so than the little calm moments before an episode two of this season. Even more like those character moments we got that really propelled us getting interested into this big uh, b- battle that we were anticipating. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that those episodes were fine, but they really didn't do much not not in terms of, like, there wasn't any action or whatever, but I feel like it just let us live in that world for a second, which was definitely enjoyable. Uh But I liked this most recent episode, and it's going to be very difficult to talk about without spoiling anything. Uh, but I do feel like the thing that happened that people don't like was actually earned and is actually good. I don't, it's, I don't... it's a huge bummer. It's an awful episode to watch. I don't think it was earned at all. I it would be one thing if we had seen more hints at the thing that you're probably talking about. Other than other characters saying, wow, she, somebody is really acting in a way that we're afraid of. No other signs besides maybe, spoilers for last season, some burning of some... un unloyal people so my my issue is that I I do think that the narrative of I think that they've for this character they've painted a very black and white box for what's happening to them and I think that the path that this character is on because of it is dumb uh because I don't think that we had a lot of this coming I don't think it was foreshadowed I don't, I don't think that that I don't think that saying this person is just like their ancestors is Smart storytelling because it came out of nowhere. It's it seems like a decision they decided to make in this last episode. Uh or the last three maybe. But I do feel like uh this character has been saying for seasons that they will uh take things by force and being uh very, well shrewd, pretty vicious about it at times. And just because we're seeing that person be vicious to established characters, we do find it pretty alienating. But I do think that if you saw this show only from this character's perspective, that this choice would feel earned, and you would actually kind of cheer them on. If we're examining how the show has treated this character from start to this unfortunate finish, we will have seen time and time again, she has stated that she wants one thing, and other people have talked her out of that one thing time and time again. Yeah. And so, in that sense, seeing her make a decision to finally get the thing, or enact the actions to get the thing that she's been waiting for the entire time, I can see where you're coming from. That being said, why would, I mean, this vaguely as possible, Mm -hmm. if she was going to make this decision, what, she stopped listening to her advisors episodes ago. Yes. Just go do it. No, I I absolutely... And and they proved that she could have just done it at any time. I I feel like the way that this episode is structured... And I'm not, like... I'm not going to go to bat for how the episode is written or structured. Because I do think that it is not great. Uh, But I feel like you definitely should have had this character making these decisions at the very least an episode ago. Yeah. Because having this torturous episode where this character has to, like, struggle... With these things, kind of being a background character, while people make machinations, uh which there's something about this episode I really fucking hated, uh, the beginning of it, yeah, the beginning yeah. is super stupid, super stupid, uh, it's very, very, very stupid, maybe my least favorite thing that has ever happened in the show you know okay there there are multiple ways you could go about this, and they seemingly wanted to put tension into the to the actions. We don't know what's going to happen. We get a lot of setup. If this happens, then do this. That's said like two or three times. And there's a moment where no one is doing anything. Yeah. There's a moment. This thing should be happening. But everyone is sitting and waiting. And that is the laziest way to get tension in is to... Have your characters literally do nothing waiting to see if something would happen. Yeah, I, the the episode, the pacing of the episode is ludicrous because I, like I said, for this character who I feel in this moment is, is justified, not in a way that an audience should like. I think that this character doing this should be abhorrent, uh, much like a lot of what these characters did in the books and do in the show from an outside perspective should look monstrous. Well, yeah, there there shouldn't be a clear cut line, good and bad, because that that's kind of it goes against the entire point that Martin is making of subverting expectations in his work. Yeah, They're, the good guys do bad things, the bad people do good things. But you should have you should have had this happen before. Yeah, because there there were certain events leading up to it where this character should have just been enacting these things way beforehand. The one thing that I do like, and I did say this to you over text when I was saying how much I liked or didn't like the episode, I do like that this is maybe the first episode post having the books as material, where it shows characters being perpetrators of something that they had only previously been implicit in, which since these are perspective characters we care about, if they're implicitly responsible for something happening, it's hard for us to blame them. But I like putting them in a position where they have to do the bad thing. Because it's a show about war. War has really awful things happen on a depressingly large scale because of one decision. Yeah. Especially if that one decision comes from your leader. And that's something that's happened in the books. Yeah. And that's something that I appreciate seeing. Even though they still kind of went out of their way to make one character look like kind of a hero. Because that's... I really don't like that they clearly have a favorite to be at the end of this show. And I think it's a very lazy choice. Are we talking... I don't know who you're... The one person who tries to stop the the war from happening? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that is a bit of a mess. But, like, he... I do like how far he's willing to go to stop... Yeah, bad things from happening because that in itself is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like two wrongs don't make a right is is the famous adage, and so you shouldn't you shouldn't murder someone to stop them from murdering. You know, like yeah, ideally in an ideal world. And of course, Game of Thrones, Westeros, this this world is not an ideal world, and so you kind of it's good to see the lines blurred. I'm I'm really excited from this episode because I feel like. The only saving grace to this show for me at this point is if it ends on just a true capital B bummer.
1: And I mean, they fee-
0: if they've only got one episode left to turn around, I'm fingers crossed because as Ramsey Bolton said, if you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. I just There's so much in the books that it's not even it's prophecy. You know, that's hinted at at the books. That the fans have deciphered for the ages that we've been waiting for the answers. We've got all of these theories and all of these fun things that piece together like a puzzle. And it just hurts me more and more that the show is like, oh, all that nerd shit? Oh no, we we left that out because it was hard to explain. Yeah, I mean, at some point this basically just became fantasy lost. Where prophecy and foreshadowing mean nothing because you just want to build suspense and do misdirects. And I think that that will lead in perfectly to a topic that we might be able to give more details on. Because 2019, John, is the year of ending. Uh Uh-huh. Lots of things are ending. Uh, The Marvel Universe ended. The ending game, they called it. The ending game that happened. Game of Thrones is ending. Veep ended recently. And in December, Star Wars is going to end. So this is the year of endings, and I think that opens us up to a topic of how do you end something? It's hard. We've seen, exa- we've seen one example of a franchise quote-unquote ending in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we generally agree, while we have some reservations about how they did it, it was a really good send-off. Yeah. Without getting into too many details, we can talk about why it was a good send-off, And how to end things properly. I I almost feel as though for time of Marvel movies, uh, the Russo brothers have blessed us. Because I feel like the two, not easiest and maybe not even best, but I feel like the two most valid strategies for how to end a thing come in one of two ways. And they made both of these movies. Uh, They make a, a complete deconstruction bummer. You can end something and make it sad, but you just have to make it sad with a point. And Infinity War was sadness with a point. And it was a complete deconstruction of the genre that they were putting together. Yeah, you can end it on a bummer, but you have to show that you have to make it sad. And the the bummer has to be earned by, by subverting the expectations that people have put forth to make the bummer stick. Yeah, because if if you just end a series by, this principal character died, or everybody's dead, it doesn't mean anything. If you end a series by saying, this is what you thought it was, and that was never what it was, or yeah. what it was going to be, and this is just how it is, then a true bummer can definitely stick. Like, a classic example of a true bummer ending is No Country for Old Men. Where, yeah, that that's a really huge... Yeah. Subversion. Because you think at the end of Old, Old Country for No Men that finally, finally the universe is about to make sense. And yet. Yeah. And yet Javier Bardem just kind of walks away. Yeah. The the end of that movie is you really do think justice will prevail because ostensibly the the movie trades in the imagery of what we consider to be justice. And the, the ultimate message of that movie is we are drifting listlessly in a dream. Nothing makes sense. Things will sometimes happen for no reason. Great, grievous misharm has been visited upon people because of pure happenstance. It's over. And that ties into the, the, the antagonist gimmick in that movie, in that book, of flipping the coin to yeah. see if people live or die. And that. It all ties in at the end with the seemingly random, out of nowhere, uh, well, thing that happens. Yeah, and I mean, like, the, the, the dream, like, recounting the dream at the end of that movie is, is massive. Because it's showing that this is a movie, and the book does the same thing, where if it gives you certain expectations for how things go based on principal characters, if you actually compare it to real life, that's not the way it is at all. Yeah. It tries to tell a genuine story through like a vector that we like identify with but it tells you that that doesn't matter that these images mean nothing and I think that Infinity War did the same thing Infinity War is a is a massive bummer because it tells you this thing that you thought it was has always been malleable can always be stopped celebrations uh, are pointless Which leads me into like the second way you can end a thing, which is the end game way, which is a celebration of a shared experience, which maybe is the easier way to do it. I don't know. A bummer is hard to pull off. (laughs) A bummer is hard to pull off because if you pull it off well, the people watching it will not like it. Yeah. Or they will rally against it. It'll be that much harder for them to objectively say that was well done. Yeah, I mean, if but if you do a good bummer, if you do an Infinity War bummer, people hate it and respect you for doing they it. They respect it. And I think the celebration is the more well-liked, and it's kind of easier to pull off, because rather than construct- deconstructing and subverting, you're building on what has been there throughout the entire time of the work mm-hmm. in order to sort of, like, shine forth really great moments in different context to be able to wave goodbye at a thing and say this is it from here on out there's no more yeah in both scenarios you're doing something with the work that's already there yes either you're either deconstructing what is there or you're building on top of it pulling in pieces from the work in order to send it off well or to make a bummer yeah that's not happening with Game of Thrones. It can't happen in the remaining 90 minutes. It well it, it's just this whole season, sure you see elements that have been built upon, but it's almost like episode to episode they throw out everything they've built for these characters in order to flip switches in them to get the reaction from the audience they want. Yeah. It's grotesque. It's puppetry. It is lost. Mm-hmm. Lost very much thrived on the shock from week to week because they promised us all these explanations, and all we really got were character tie-ups. Yes, and it's a problem. It is. <laughs> it's a huge problem because Game of Thrones arguably is one of the biggest television events in history. Yeah, it's it's, it's a cultural force. Mm-hmm. Everyone, people. Who had never even watched like Lord of the Rings. Never watched a fantasy show, fantasy show in their life. Got caught up and just the the tour de force that was Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And it certainly helps that the first four seasons are some of the best television. And they're based on really great <laughs> books. There was yeah. good source material. Of which we realize now that the showrunners, the writers, just ripped off without understanding what they were doing. They, yeah. they, they didn't... They weren't learning from the source material; they were just putting it in front of a screen and recreating it. There's there's details coming out about the the workings of of how HBO presented them the opportunity to end the show. Uh, They were offered ten episodes. Uh They were offered multiple seasons. They were offered. George R. R. Martin has been quoted as saying they could do double the amount of seasons and still have material, Mm -hmm. and they responded with the most f- frank kind of answer you can, we're doing six episodes. Oh boy. We're ending it. This is the end of Game of Thrones. And this week, Disney confirmed that D&D, uh, I forget their names when I'm, I haven't seen them in a while. Uh-huh. What are their names? Uh, D.B. Weiss and David Benioff. They have been confirmed as being <sighs> responsible for the next Star Wars movie in 2022 yeah great and so now i'm not confirming you can't confirm anything this is conjecture but you're starting to kind of piece together a picture they didn't want to be tied up anymore Mm -hmm. they wanted to be able to cash in on the opportunity we're the showrunners for one of the greatest television events in history don't look at the ratings now but we can capture an audience Give us that opportunity. Yeah. And Disney was like, well, fuck, what are we going to do, say no? Mm-hmm. They're like, we're Disney. We own everything. We might as well own the people who made the biggest television show in history. And so it it in watching the season, they're doing one thing and one thing only. Cashing in on shock. Yeah. Cashing in on surprise. And it's the most brazen season to do that because at least they played with some really shitty ideas in the past. Yeah. Remember the, like, slave guys with the golden masks? hmm Yeah, those were really bad. That was really dumb. But they played around with it as an idea. They, they, I mean, they made a lot of interesting choices. Killing off characters that should never have been killed off. Yeah. And, and making actors really mad. And then they, they go to Russian events and say, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking. This making, happened very recently. <laughs> making the most... uh Making the most renowned swordsman in the world just die. Yeah, uh, making one of the making you know the the whole slaver thing. I still can't forgive them for it's so dumb. Anyway, so they they don't care about the legacy that the show has built. They don't care about the interworkings or building up or deconstructing anything. They don't want to celebrate what's been there. They don't want to deconstruct. There's no nuance. The I I honestly think they went into the six writers' meetings for each episode and said, How can we surprise them this week? I think I know how Game of Thrones could end. How? Game of Thrones ends with Bran looking directly into the camera. And then zooms into his eye. And then it goes back to the first episode of Season 1. And then Eddard Stark looks at the camera... And he says, more books are out, so just watch this again, but we'll make a new season based on the books instead of whatever just happened. I wish, I honestly wish that could happen. Unfortunately, George R. R. Martin, uh, released just yesterday that the books are, no book is done. Yeah. There's no surprise campaign. You know, it's not going to fade to black and say, read the real story <laughs> and winds of winter. Yeah. And uh, there's no deal with HBO for him to delay the books, and he's like, think logically about it. My publishers make millions of dollars every time I write one of these books. Mm -hmm. Why would they agree to a delay? Yeah, I think the sad reality is the people who that got the reins, the keys to the kingdom. One, they didn't want to give them up. That's another thing. Like. If you want to be free for projects, sure, you walk away from the show, hand off the reins to someone else. Yeah. But they refuse to do that. They're like, no, we're going to cut this short, six episodes, we're going to wrap this up. Look, we can handle this. We're getting Star Wars. Yeah. It's almost like two like uh, rambunctious like 14-year-olds. They got the keys to a gorgeous mansion, and they had a list of all these chores that they need to do. But then they lost the, the chore list in the garbage disposal after they got through, like, six hours. I'm like, what else would the keeper of this mansion like? Couch on fire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if we just surprise him? How could we surprise him? Like, we could make everything really clean... Or really dirty. <laughs> yeah. It's like a classic 90s sitcom problem. They throw a party in the house. that got way too wild. They have to work really hard to clean it up. And then uh, they don't. And then they don't. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just hoping that the other things that are ending this year, namely Star Wars, I need to watch V Ve- because it ended, and I, I then this behind on that. I, just, I hope other things are ending well, like Endgame and, and Infinity War. And not bad, like, Game of Thrones appears to be. Yeah, with one episode left, I have almost zero hope. If they somehow, like, pull out something that's even mildly, like, interesting, I'd be happy. Whatever. I, I, it's, yeah, it's... Do you want to get a watch party together where we just get together and watch the first three seasons? (laughs) Sure. That sounds like fun. It's sad, but, like, if the, if something ends bad... People aren't going to be like, oh man, I can't wait to rewatch the entire series. Sorry, you're really excited about something? What? Uh So the first four seasons of Game of Thrones, that's the point where it ends. And then everything after that is the OVA. It's It's the <laughs> version of the anime that's only on VHS. It's a little weirder. It's not as good. The story doesn't really make as much sense. The art style is different. It's way more sexualized. <laughs> There's a weird thing in anime adaptations where they run, they catch up with the manga. And I think then, we talked about that. And then they come up with their own story, like Full Metal Alchemist did it, Naruto's full of filler, stuff like that, and they kind of just go off in their own direction. That's what the last four seasons of Game of Thrones is. Yeah. When are <laughs> we going to get Naruto Brotherhood? When are we going to uh, Pr- get trimmed down Naruto so we can make a podcast about it? I mean, like if they did a Naruto Kai. Oh, yeah. That'd like be Dragon good. Ball Z Kai. Yeah. I mean, there's an official skip list out there if you want to... Ugh. It's hundreds of episodes long. You know, it really is, but that's hundreds of episodes of podcast where we could talk about it. Look, I'm really into a My Hero Academia right now. If you want to start a podcast on that, I would be down. Uh, my podcast... What is that show about? Superheroes. Not interested. Mm. I've, I watch Grappler Baki. That's about muscular men with wires. We do a One Punch Man We could do one. One pod man. One. One podcast One punch pod man. One pod man. (laughs) One pod man. No, I think that's probably the best title we could possibly come up with. Or we could just forgo all of these ideas and just focus on the show we have. Yeah. We Um, could do that. We could do that and probably should. You know, maybe that's what D.B. Weiss and David Benioff should have done. Yeah, They should have have focused on the show they had instead of making fucking Star Wars. Star Wars and some Civil War stupid show that I please hope does not get made. Oh man, I would love if they made this racist-ass Civil War show so they didn't get to work anymore. Oh. Man, every time we talk about Game of Thrones, it really kills our mood. Well, oh, normally we have something... T- I, I mean, I've got something I could transition to, but it's not going to put us in better spirits. Oh, I could say something that'll bring us in better spirits. Oh, you could? I've got our weekly Randy Pitchford update. wah, 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 wah. You remember last time we said David Eddings, the voice of Claptrap, had accused Randy Pitchford of assaulting him at a GDC hotel. And, there, yeah, there's legal action pending. Apparently multiple people have confirmed that they saw Pitchford bodily shove him over and over. like, Kind of like the the, the bully push? Like the double hands on the chest push? The double hands? Oh, that's not something you want to see a grown adult do. Yeah, you never want to see a grown adult do that. And also, if you're Randy Pitchford, you never want to see a grown adult in your USB stick porn. Allegedly. (laughs) Barely legal. Yeah, I... I, I it took me until like an hour after I uploaded the <laughs> last episode to get your pun and the title, Barely Medieval. I'm proud of that one. It was really good. I'm proud of that one. That was really good. Uh, but what's your depressing shit? So Disney made a few announcements uh, this week. Uh, yesterday, in fact, I think they had some type of huge meeting where they talked about all where the... Where they m- decide how they're going to control the world. How all the money they live in now... And one of the announcements was, of course, D&D is going to have that Star Wars show. Another announcement is that they just closed a deal with Comcast to own Hulu. What? They already had a majority share of Hulu, but now they're going to own it outright, as in like more than 70% of the stock. Isn't Disney also coming in with Disney Plus? They are. How are we going to break up Disney? I don't know, but here's what Bob Iger assured us. Disney Plus is, of course, for all of the shows and media that fits the Disney brand. Mm-hmm. Anything that doesn't fit the Disney brand will be on Hulu. Okay. That's dumb. Yeah. That's dumb. It gets worse. Of course it does. Uh, Hulu has a deal right now with NBC Universal. That's one company. Uh-huh. Another to, another gross media monopoly. To host all of their, their uh, content up until 2022. Mm-hmm. After which... NBC Universal can pull their content and, they, and start their own streaming service. So at this point, we're and we've talked about this on the podcast before. We're just going to have cable again. We're going to just going to have cable again because we gave these people too much power. It, it's already, You can already see it happening. Netflix is now basically just a channel. Yeah, that has its own stuff, its own bad shows, and like The Office and Friends, which they're paying millions of dollars to keep. Uh, can, wait, can we? Can we talk about The Office and Friends real quick? Sure. Uh, Netflix pays millions of dollars on a regular basis to keep The Office and Friends, two shows that aren't that great. They paid $100 million to keep Friends for a year. I'm really glad that they, they paid these people more money so you can watch The Office for the 17th time in a row instead of watching, you know, anything else. Instead of watching anything else or, like, reading a book or engaging with any other kind of media, (laughs) ha-ha binge! (laughs) Ha-ha binge The Office! (laughs) Ha-ha binge, friends! I don't need to watch anything else or watch... Any movies. I don't need to consume any other kind of media. I just need that sweet, sweet Dwight Schrute. I just need that sweet Ross fucking Bazinga ass. All I fucking need is Friends in the Office, fucking Big Bang Theory, fucking never watch anything else. That's all I need. If you could hook me up to an IV drip that just makes me watch The Fucking Office and Friends fucking over and over again till they the day I die, that'd be great. I'd really love that. I'd really love if I could I only enjoy those two things, those two pieces of me for the rest of my fucking life. I really look forward to spending the rest of my life watching fucking 30-year-old shows and not engaging with anything else. That would be great. I feel like a majority of our listenership, or fans... Just felt personally attacked. It's not you guys, and The Office is a good show. I do think The Office is really good. It's a good show to experience once, and Friends is a good time to a ex- uh, good show to experience maybe a half of I, the time. I feel bad, but I do really like The Office, and I do really like Friends. But it's really ridiculous There's how we've this... normalized watching these two shows that much. There's this weird subculture of The Office. Which it started out as, of course, like a joke. You see, like, oh, I wonder what I can look at all these great new shows on Netflix. Starts watching The Office for the thirteenth time or whatever. Yeah. But stuff like I, I get no, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get. It. I can rewatch a show maybe twice before I, I never watch it I again. I mean, I here's the thing. I, I did say all of that, but I have seen the first maybe twelve to fifteen seasons of The Simpsons multiple times. People just have things that they like. And just because I don't understand The Office doesn't mean that I should hate on people who do watch it a lot. But I, I do feel like, at least from the outside, it seems like these people are maybe nominally choosing this over maybe engaging with new media. But we're all guilty of that. Well, I mean, name one new show that's, that deserves my my time. Russian Dolls, really good. Oh, that was really good. I did like that. Yeah. Name one good network show <laughs> that deserves my time. Can't do it. The ne- networks are just... They're fu- like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is good, but apparently the ratings were bad. That why they kill it? It's not dead. That why they bring it back? It's it's renewed, but it's only getting 13 episodes again. Oh, because they want to work on Star Wars. What? They want to work on Star Wars. <laughs> what? No. Oh, they said we only want to make... George R.R. Martin said they could make seasons of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But instead they said, we only want to... What is happening right now? They want to work on Star Wars. Who? The people who make a Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No! They, they had don't. so much source material in the books. What are you talking about? The books were so good. You, you mean Game of Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> yes, Game of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The books were so good. I really like when Jake Peralta was <laughs> stabbed multiple times and died in the snow i don't know where this bit is going (laughs) nowhere off a cliff oh i apologize listeners i got mad you got really mad but i really enjoyed your rant it fills me with glee sometimes john gets mad but don't take it personally is that your theme song (laughs) <laughs> and no music sometimes They're... John gets mad but don't take it personally man that's like a real uh Frasier theme doesn't rhyme <laughs> doesn't have any maybe like maybe I hear the John mad <laughs> <laughs> don't take it personally what's the boy to do <laughs> if all this John is mad at the office he's mad again and friends <laughs> boop <laughs> If we don't get copyright, <laughs> so many cease and desist are going to be sent for this episode alone. It's great. What if we only get it for uh, Randy Pitchford? <laughs> that, I, that actually is the most likely. It's crazy. This is our most... Uh, this is the episode we could be sued for the most because we've attacked... <laughs> Litigious men. We've yeah. sang multiple copyrighted songs, and right now we're about to play the entirety of The Office. <laughs> One, two, three. A bocka the <laughs> Office? Theme? No, it, it goes. uh... <laughs> the Office. The Office. The Office. Oh, baby, I hear the Office call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Michael Scott. I'm your boss. Uh, yeah. The Office is good, and I'm sorry. Oh, that's I... so funny, Jim! <laughs> I'm Michael Scott! Uh, you know my favorite character from The Office? Who? The Mountain. <laughs> the Mountain that types! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Alright. Let's get this back on track. What L- do you think about the... Thi- hold on, Game of Thrones talk. No spoilers. What would you think about the thing that happened that everyone wanted to happen? I th- I feel like it was okay. I think it was okay. I, I felt like it was going to be bigger. Yeah. But I, I feel, feel like it was going to be... I felt like it was going to be a whole episode. <laughs> Me too, honestly. Yeah. Like, we've been waiting for this forever. It honestly, feels like they were like, oh, yeah, we, we could see that. Yeah. And I feel like the way that that ended realistically is the only way that can end. Yeah. Which is kind of sad, but, I mean, at least... At least it happened. I mean, it was a, it was good. It was dirty. I liked it. Characters got over things for yeah. the sake of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was fine. It was fine. That was actually the moment I liked the most of that episode. That yeah. Made, that made me like it better than the episode that preceded it. Yeah. No, I, I feel like for that thing we've wanted, this whole show was an okay version of that. Also, uh, they, the two creators in their stupid post-show talks that they need to stop doing because it's really embarrassing, uh-huh. they reveal that one character is just in the city just for the sole purpose of giving the audience a character that they care about so that the tension felt more real, oh. while then proceeding to treat that character like an invincible Starman-holding Mario character yeah. that could not die. It's real dumb. Enough Game of Thrones! Alright, so back to Disney. Uh, Have you heard about this Pixar news? Have you heard of this Pixar? Kids are talking about this thing called Pixar. You hear about this Pixar news? Pic- oh, you know uh you know late night host like a Jay Leno? Yeah. I really want to take something that they do and put it into my life where I say like a noun or an action I'm like you heard of this? Yeah, Pixar. You heard this in the news? You heard this? You yeah. read about You're, this? You heard of this? You heard of this Pixar? Paul, Paul, you ever heard of Pixar, Paul? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, pretend you're Jimmy Fallon and I'm the Roots. Oh, uh I actually don't know how Just play he... it drunk. I... <laughs> you heard the pink I don't know how he does his monologue. Wait, hold on. I was... oh. no, I, I've never watched an episode of Jimmy Fallon, so I have no... All of my mannerisms come from... I, I was raised on David Letterman. Oh, David Letterman's way better than Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, he, he and he was always like... You heard this, you read about this, you heard this, you uh, you seen this, folks, You hot out. You, you feel that? So you never went to a Universal Studios and went on Jimmy Fallon's magical New York ride? Is that a thing that exists? Yeah, it's a really mm. gross... It's a really... Re- it, is it as bad as the Fast and Furious experience? It's <laughs> better. Oh, no. It is better than that, but it's still really bad. Uh, so, it's bad. So Pixar... You heard it's in the news. You heard this. You read about this. Uh, they announced allegedly that after Toy Story four, that they have left a USB stick <laughs> of fairly legal pornography in a medieval times. After Toy Story four, allegedly they're going to stop making sequels. Oh, for real? That's what they said. No but... more cars too? they <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go back. They Hold, on. They Hold, on. Wait. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Hold on. They're like, after Toy Story 4, we're going to stop making sequels, focus on new work, Cars 2, 2. (laughs) I like the idea that they said, after Toy Story 4 comes out, no more sequels, we are erasing sequels, (laughs) Cars 2 will no longer exist, it's dusted, Toy Story is 2, 3, and 4, gone, The Incredibles 2, gone. Yeah. <laughs> they just they take all the copies of Cars 2 and Planes and burn them in a pit. I don't think they made Planes. Oh. I think that was Disney Animation Studio. Shit. All right, so. What sequels have they made recently? Because, like, Coco was an original. Uh huh. Incredibles 2 was a sequel, but it, it was, like, 15 years in the making. Yeah. What toy, they're making st- Toy Story four apparently. What other sequels have they made? I have no idea. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, i I think you and I are on the same page. I think that those are the only sequels that I can really think of. Because like everything else, I feel like was from a while ago. Oh, Up To? no good. Didn't make. Was a thing. Oh, Up To was wasn't a thing. Oh, you know what the show called Up To, colon no good. <laughs> up tune. <laughs> Oh, that would be good. there would be no good. Oh, I'm know. looking at P- Pixar sequels. <laughs> You're looking at Pixar sequels? Pixar? Oh. I love Pixar. What is happening to you, my friend? I don't have anything to talk about, so I'm just riffing. Did they make a sequel to A Bug's Life? No. Ah... Young Squire, they did make Monsters University. That was a prequel. So, okay, they say <laughs> no more sequels, but we are gonna prequelize the shit out of things. You wanna see the origin of cars, motherfucker? Cars 2, Monsters University. So here, here comes an article from Dessert. No, what? Deseret News? Okay, is that. Okay. Uh, Pixar will focus on original movies after Toy Story 4. The continuing adventures of Lightning McQueen, Nemo, and The Incredibles are about to take a backseat to even more original films, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Better source. I'm going to go to that. Yeah, please go to the actual source. What? Toy Story 4, Rashida Jones... John Lasseter. John Lasseter among eight who will share story by credits... Eight people got story by credits? That's got to be a record for the amount of people to break a story for a movie. I'm bored of this. Yeah, that was cool. Pixar's going to focus on original shit. I don't care anymore. They... I just don't... I don't care, man. Marvel was the only movie franchise that got me excited. And now it's over. And now it's over. You know what? I got a little bit of spark of hope. You know Why? They announced James Bond 25 had just started filming. Nice. You know what? He's news? finally going to be 25. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> He's been 24 for so long. Daniel Craig is back as is uh, oh, a bunch of people. They're bringing a bunch of people back. The new M, the new Q, uh, Mrs. Moneypenny. They're bringing those back. Uh-huh, yeah. And then uh, they're bringing back uh, the the American FBI agent played by that one guy who's in Westworld. Okay. They're bringing them all back. It's really exciting. They broke all this news, and they said they started filming, like, last month, and then guess what news came out this month? What? Uh, Filming got delayed because Daniel Craig got injured. No! It's almost like Daniel Craig is, like, a 60-year-old man who should not be playing James Bond anymore. Yeah, you should get a new Bond. Who would they get? For a new Bond? For a new Bond. I want to know. I would like... I mean, Idris Elba, people talked about a lot. I think that'd be great. Not much younger than Daniel Craig. Uh, I think... Because James Bond is a character that that it's very hard to cast. He can't be young. Mm -hmm. And he can't be old. He has to be, like, firmly in his 40s. Yeah, he has to be, like, 35 to 78. 35 to 78? (laughs) Yeah, he's gonna be somewhere in that pretty generous, pretty tight range... I feel like the news is going to break tomorrow that Sean Connery is volunteering to pick up for Daniel Craig can, and it's going to be interspliced with no explanation that James Bond is going to just become Sean Connery. They should just bring Pierce Brosnan back. Yeah. You know, he was so good. No, he wasn't. Uh, I have no idea. Who's a good leading man type? Chris Hemsworth. Ooh, you know who I would genuinely like? Liam Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth would actually probably make a pretty good James Bond. He's pretty young, though. Dave Franco. Yes. No, James Franco. You know who I would enjoy seeing be James Bond, but it would probably only be in, like, a lampooning capacity? Zachary Levi. Oh, Zachary Levi. He's not British. He's not British. Not British, really, at all. Maybe, like, an American James Bond, like a John Bund. (laughs) That's that's not even a last name. (laughs) Wouldn't it be like John Smith? Yeah, I guess James. Oh, Jeffrey. I, (laughs) I very much enjoyed Zachary Levi's performance in Shazam because he embodied what it would be like if a kid was in an adult body. That being said, I don't know him from any other thing, so can he actually do other acting? Yeah, he's really good. Or is he just good at pretending to be a kid in an adult body? He was in Miss Maisel. He was in Thor to The Dark World. Who'd he play in Thor to The Darkish World? The guy with the mustache? The little, the roguish guy who's like, Oh-ho! Oh-ho! You're right! The French man. Sure. Was he French? I don't know. He used a rapier. Yeah, he was a he, he had a rapier. He <laughs> <You> can't <laughs> Nope, cannot. <laughs> he used a rapier to fight I do remember that. They, yeah, that was Zachary Levi. Okay, well who uh, okay. Yeah. Basic perfect can't, James Bond. I don't think he can be James who, Bond. Name who's British? Uh Matthew Barry. Who? <laughs> Famous sketch comedy comedian. Oh there Matthew we go, Barry. yeah. That'd be great. Wait, Uh, let's think of... Richard Ayoade. (laughs) Yes. No, I think Richard Ayoade would be great. Look, you just have to pull Chris Pratt with him. You have to get him mega yoked. Yeah. A Ripped Chris... Chris. A Ripped Richard Ayade. No, no, no. He would then be a Ripped Chris. <laughs> gets, it's a body type. He gets so ripped that he <laughs> changes his name to Chris Ayade. Yeah, no. If you if you have a certain body type, you your name changes to Chris and you are now a Ripped Chris. Ripped Chris. Ripped Chris Steakhouse. Do you think James Bond could ever be a woman? Yeah. Like a James Bonnet. Her name's, their first name's the same. Yeah, no, that's not the issue. Uh, no, I, I think a female James Bond would be great. Well, then we gotta think of that. Anne Hathaway. Not British. <laughs> You're right. And she can't, fun fact, she can't really do a British accent. What? What? This came out, a movie came out, she, she's in it. It's called The Hustle. Oh. It's an all female remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels because that's what we needed. Oh, that's the one with, uh, with, God, what's her name? Rebel- Owen Wilson. <laughs> Rebel Wilson. Rebel o- Owen. Wilson. Rebel Owen Wilson. But uh Anne Hathaway couldn't really nail the British accent, so they're they're like, Well, it's okay, just do what you can and it'll be because it's a comedy. I don't want to hate on Anne Hathaway. She has a very comedic British accent. Like I it's it's, it's obviously not a real accent. But, like, I like Anne she Hathaway. She couldn't be James Bonnet. I think... I'm I'm not saying that she should be... She shouldn't be, because she can't have the accent. I'm just saying I like Anne Hathaway and I don't want to shit on her, but take a class. Well, no, I, I think it's... You gotta, you gotta kill a British person. Oh, yeah, you have to take their accent. You have to take their accent. Yeah, you have to rip it off of their dead British body. Yeah. Uh, who's another British woman that we know personally? Yes. <laughs> um, how about Nicole Kidman? I'd be down for that because she's in a movie coming out where she plays like an unhinged mom who uh-huh. kills people. Yeah, unhinged mom. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch Hulu commercials. Yeah, neither do I. I don't watch Hulu now that's owned by fucking Disney. Good a dollar sign instead of an ass. Ching ching. Di-wa-ching-ching-y. W- di. ching, ching Uh, that's the sound of a dollar. What <laughs> ching ching Yeah. <laughs> I guess, like, cut-ching is like a <laughs> cash register. Yeah, you draw the S with a wah <laughs> And then the ching-ching is this two. Yeah. I don't care what Microsoft does. What? <laughs> they put one. But Microsoft if, doesn't do anything. When you type... A dollar sign? I don't care what Times New Roman does. Okay. But for some reason, a lot of fonts, they only do the one line, oh. but a dollar sign is two lines. It should be two. Yeah. <sighs> font talk. Man, what's your favorite font? <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> uh, no, the, the podcast cannot devolve this much. There must be something else to discuss. What? Okay. I did. I, that, that was all I had prepared, my friend. I thought, we really burned through it. Well, Game of Thrones leading uh, into how to end something, which uh, we didn't end properly because uh, we just sort of moved on to the next topic. No, we really did into Disney buying everything into Randy Pitchford update. Yeah, Randy, which, which we, I thought was going to go longer than it did. Yeah, I there hasn't been a lot of updates. <laughs> you know, when there's ongoing legal proceedings, they're really not forthcoming with the details. Oh, imagine that. You know what? I'm going to do something unprecedented. I'm going to do a real-time Randy Pitchford update. That is unprecedented. I'm going to go scan the front page of Reddit to see if anything has, anyone has anything to talk Why about. Why did I just Google Randy Pitchford update? <laughs> yeah, most recent... Uh, wait, hold on. If you guys want a code for... Wait. What? Here's a shift code for five golden keys for Borderlands Game of the Year. Now I'm gonna give out these five golden keys for Borderlands Game of the Year on whatever shift is right now. Here we go: nine six five B T five six R F six C J six five B B three B J J C X W three nine. If you get that, then you just got a shift key. For Borderlands Game of the Year. Look at fucking Randy Pitchford. Yeah, he's got one of those punchable faces. Really, there's no update since the shoving. Well, I've got an update for you, my friend. Are you a fan of Adult Swim's original animation, Rick and or (laughs) Morty? Rick and or Morty. That's what I was going to say. Rick and Morty? Yeah. I don't believe I've heard of it. Oh. Are you not a fan? Uh, I used to really like it, and then there was, like, a weird, kind of toxic community around it, and then that went into, like, making fun of them, to, like, post-irony making fun of them, to just kind of leaving a weird taste in my mouth about the show, but I don't feel like the show ever stopped being good. Season four is premiering in November. Wow! I have not watched past season two. There's a whole third season you yeah, need to watch. Yeah, I know. Where you can see Dan Harmon hit a very very low point in his creativity. Oh no. It's it really dark. Yeah, we should all hope to be Dan Harmon one day. I I wish to be. Yeah, I wish to I wish to be toxic and alienating but at the same time create some of the most creative well-written things of our time. I wish to be a great creative but to squander my personal relationships. He's doing he's doing better. That's good. He's got, you know, he's had a new girlfriend for a while. Mm. They're moving into a new house. Uh-huh. I'm stalking him. Yeah. um, And he hasn't an alienated Justin Roiland. That's good. They're that's still... a that's a big one you don't want to alienate. Because they're still working together on that project, uh, Rick and or Morty. Dot what? Rick oh. and or Morty? Rick and or. They're optional, you know. You yeah. don't have to have them both. I, I personally like to watch just the Rick episodes. You know, it's a really, <laughs> you know. It's, it's the episodes where they edit Morty out of it. Yeah, no, I I call that uh, Rick without Morty. Yeah, Wait, is that what you just said? Well, Rick and or Morty. Uh, I use the or. You know what's really a shame? What when a <laughs> when a body dies? <laughs> a body, not a human, it's, but a body. When a body dies, it takes on. It gets stiff because it gets Rick or Morty. <laughs> This is your good joke? <laughs> it's not a good joke. <laughs> this, this is the joke that's making you personally laugh? Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing personally. I wasn't laughing for anyone else. I was thinking like Rick or Morty. Rick yeah, or Rick or, or Morty. Rick or Morty. Rick or Morty. Rick or Morty. Mor- R- Bold to Morty. I feel like... Were we light enough on content that we call an episode early? Because right now we're just looking for content. This is definitely... uh, This is a low point for creative careers. Well, I told you it was a weird week. It is a weird week. I uh, couldn't podcast because I was too sad in my brain. Yeah, and I just hate my job. (laughs) Yeah. And I went to an improv show, I'll have you know. Oh! And they asked for... Mine? No, I didn't go to your improv show. Oh. I went to an improv show, I'll have you know and they asked for a, they asked for a suggestion from the audience a problem i would like to see solved and i quite furiously yelled out i hate my job uh-huh and i hate giving suggestions cuz it's, it it's the worst yeah but they took it and i thought good i will learn from mm-hmm. these wizened improvisers cuz that's what improv does they give you real life advice i'm going to get a real life solution about what to do about hating my job and in true to improv fashion They took that suggestion, they took what they wanted from it, and did scenes that they could relate to, and it didn't actually solve my problem at all. I'd like to talk about that, because that's really the big problem with improv, is they ask you for like problems or words that aren't foods or locations that would fit on a stage. (laughs) <laughs> they ask you for all this personal shit, and then you bare your soul. I bared my soul. You're like, an Ikea room. Refrigerator. In those four words, I hate my job, I threw my heart onto the stage. Yeah. And they heard the job part and just took, I guess, the left ventricle and just focused on that the entire the entire time. They danced a merry jester's jig on your heart. On the left ventricle. You you give them everything and they do a lampoonery of it. They, they, they think it's fun. Why do people go to these things? <laughs> they took my real world problem and turned it into a weird joke about getting a job, not hating a job. Yeah. You know what's really funny, though? I've what? seen that group perform multiple times. The last three times, someone says, I hate my job. Oh, honestly? And then they do it about jobs. Oh, I feel bad now. No, nah, they have practice. And every audience is new. I saw one they did, same setup. I forget what... Oh, they just act... They asked for a noun, and someone yelled, turn up. And they did this whole thing on farming. Yeah. I wanted them to be... I, I don't know. I feel like I hate my job. It gives you a lot of jumping off points. Yeah. They heard the word job. I don't know. You well, gotta do association. They could have taken yeah. place in an office. They have to do... I could have had a boss. They have to do an A to C. Because if you say, I hate my job, they have to map that to Job from the Bible. <laughs> a, which is a suggestion, yeah. to C, which is Christianity. Right. And then it becomes a whole living critique of christianity yeah and we all feel wizened and 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 improved and everyone who's listening to this knows at this point everyone knows that me and henry are skilled improvisers and we've been trained in taking things from a to c which is a suggestion to christianity so i'd like to just try that now we can just throw some suggestions at each other and and just connect it Seamlessly to the Christian faith? Yeah, sure. Yeah. A to C. Yeah, so who wants to go first for yelling out a suggestion? You throw out a word. I'm going to say Pokemon. Oh, shit. I'm not <laughs> warmed up. All right, so Pokemon. Horns. Horns? Horns yeah. of the devil? That could work. Or the horn that brought down the wall of Jericho? That could also work. Nice. Also, if we were... It could be the horns of the golden bull or golden oh, there calf you go, there you go. that that tribe of one of the tribes was worshipping and then they all died. Mm-hmm. Now you hit me with one. Um, muscle car. Thirteenth uh, hill of Golgotha upon which Christ was crucified. Cars will sometimes go up hills. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Now you hit me with one. Uh, let's see. Let me just anything here. I'm just going to say anything that isn't. That isn't in the Bible Ark, uh, Ark of the Covenant, uh, that, that. Oh, from co- James Bond. <laughs> no, that Wait connects now. to Indiana Jones, who was an archaeologist, who, uh, as we all know, the K- an archaeologist stands for Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Our Christologist. Yeah, you got, it, it said really fast. Our Christologist. Yeah. And yeah. then eventually, like, uh, how it became hospital. <laughs> what okay so uh like in french oh in french and it's like l'hôpital wait no that's not french anyway it's called a rendezvous Uh, all i'm saying is all improvisers need to be take you need to be able to take a suggestion i hate my job and connect it back to christianity so that i can learn which prayers to (laughs) say to get a new job any improvisers or aspiring improvisers out there or soon-to-be improvisers, which is what I like to call everybody. <laughs> uh, then uh, I just want to say you need to learn how to take a suggestion and then fix Henry's life. That's all That's all I want. I just want people to yell at me how to fix my, my stupid life. M- most of the people who work with me, who, who have been there for less time than me, are leaving. Yeah. And that's a sign that I need to leave, too. Oh, my... Uh, My dude, I was in a meeting today. No, I was in a presentation where I was uh, presenting. And one of the presenters at the company gave what the average tenure of people in my position is uh, before they either externally... What's attrition? What do you say like the present tense verb of attrition is? Attrite? (laughs) Attrition's a noun. Yeah, you're fucking right. So, uh, in terms of, like, external attrition, people leaving my company, it's a shorter tenure than I've been there. Oh, really? Most people leave the company before they reach the point that I have. And internal attrition, which is they move on to bigger and better positions, was also shorter than I've been at the company. So I felt real bad. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about jobs because I feel like they're a farce. Yeah, jobs are uh, farcical. We should all stop working and start raising crops, like my good hero Thanos. Yeah, we should harvest big old papayas, big old weird durians, <laughs> big old weird durians. I... Bowed. What? B o w g d g <laughs> b o. Hold on, I've got this b o. <laughs> You've got this, Bo. Oh <laughs> boy, and I can smell it, from Bo. Here. I, it's a simple acronym: BoW, did you do? BoW durian. What would <laughs> what what <laughs> what what? Oh, would wood Jesus durian? <laughs> All right. Oh my God! If you had stuck with us to this point, fans, I applaud you. I'm sorry. We're gonna get back to regularly scotch. <laughs> regularly scotch. You know, uh, you'll appreciate this. You have a master's in English. I do, yes. Uh, so you know what the, the single most, like, research and, uh, the most contentious word in all fiction is? Wait, when you say contentious, you mean, like, in regard to what? The origin or? In, in regard to its, its overall effect on the story and how we should perceive it because people say that the origin of this word determines the nature of the narrator of this tale i'm of course referring to beowulf with its opening word What? <laughs> i thought you're being serious and my guess was either gonna be the or fuck <laughs> the, the t- yeah, that <laughs> is actually how beowulf starts <laughs> beowulf starts with a the fuck <laughs> Boy, <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck? Isn't, uh, isn't, doesn't Beowulf actually start with someone going, what? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Doesn't it, though? Yeah. Like, doesn't it start with, like, a hark noise? Um, maybe a hark. It starts with, it starts with some exclamatory phrase. It <sighs> is contentious because people were saying that, uh, epistemologists, no. Etymologists? Yeah. Were, were saying that, uh. The origin of that actually makes it sound like a like a body like tavern tale, like it's a call to yeah. join together for story. It's obviously a, a speaker yeah. in, in some type of tavern or bar. I remember studying this now. All right, so here's here's the opening line of Beowulf. <laughs> According to all no laws of aviation, there is no way that I should be able to fly. <laughs> You're its right. Wings are too small <laughs> to get its fat little body <laughs> off the ground. The bee, of course, <laughs> flies anyway because bees don't care what humans think is possible. <laughs> I for, I really forgot about that. That's how <laughs> Beowulf starts. Beowulf. <laughs> All right, I want to explain what happened there. I was actually looking up the opening lines to Beowulf, but I got to opening lines of BE uh-huh. and B-movie auto-completed. Oh, no. is that really the opening lines of B-movie? <laughs> yep, and I was like, well, this is too good of a bit to pass <laughs> up. We, I was already ending the podcast. Thank you, anyone who's still listening. We appreciate it. Regularly scheduled content will be back soon. And by that, I mean we will prepare next week. For something big. We'll have the, we'll have the end of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. We'll have our vague recap of the series finale. Oh, the end of Game of Thrones? The Egot? The Egot. And then, uh, we'll go on from there. I mean, we got, the whole world is happening. It is. The whole world's happening. And we have to be here to cover it. Otherwise, the Nazis will win. That's not funny anymore. Oh it's my not, god! We you know, Nazis oh. aren't funny anymore because they're real again. It, I I hearken, I hearken for a time when Nazis were funny, only in regard as in like you could bring them up as like a a nonsensical like force that would quote win. Yeah, it's it's Nazis used to be like a, a useful fiction for comedic purposes. And now you have to genuinely be worried that Nazis will be offended at this. And it's weird that like I have that muscle still to kinda of go at Nazis as like a comedic group. But because they are fucking real, oh man. Life's is it funny to say the communist will win, or is like that whole that whole that whole convention and vehicle is now just gone? I mean I think that uh communists have some good ideas it's it's really gone it's here's the crazy thing i like to do comedy you can't start a scene by insinuating that anyone is the president anymore because the austerity and the uh impunity of that office is now completely ruined now and forever yeah would it be funny to say we have to be here to cover it or else the capitalist will win or is that just too on my soapbox no i think that's actually pretty funny i okay. think that works well, we are not going to repeat that. No, we're not because the joke has been run into the dust. And like the dust, our social media <laughs> accounts continue to collect your your follows. Yes, wait, collect them like dust? Collecting like dust collects. Okay, collects what? More dust. Oh, dust gets dusty. Get dust get dusted. Get dust. And just a reminder, you can send your <laughs> spider names to our Twitter account, hashtag name that spider. We've got one entry yeah. so far. It's a pretty good contender, but we are going to review that stuff next week. That's our scheduled content. We will talk about hashtag name that spider. We will pick a spider name winner and you can send your spider names to at zcpcwhj at twitter.com. And of course, that stands for John. With great power comes great. Responsibility. Hashtag spider name. Like spider. Hashtag attributed to Spider Man didn't say that. Fuck. Shit. And if Shit. you want to send us Fuck. more comic book corrections in real time, you can send us an email at zero credits as a podcast at gmail.com. We will ignore them, but then respond with love and care and pictures of the spider. <laughs> yeah. Spider pictures are real there will be spider pictures we're on facebook but who the fuck cares we're also on spotify go to the podcast section of what is wrong with my mouth go to the podcast section of spotify search for zero credit open parenthesis s close parenthesis and you will find us in that podcast section give us a spislin. Is that what they call them? A Spider Listen? No, Spotify listen. Oh Do they call them Splissons? No, I think they call them scrawls. <laughs> oh no, that's from like Live Radio FM or whatever. Last FM. Who? The spiders? We're on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts is a service by which people get podcasts. Leave us a review and a star rating on Apple Podcast, and more people can find us to name a fucking spider. You know they say the apple's lucky if you bite it and you get the spider. And as always, word of the mouth is the only thing keeping us going. And we're full of spiders and the more (laughs) words we get, the more the spiders can get their message out. So if you tell two spiders, and they'll tell two spiders, and then four of you will be spiders, and then more spiders, and then it's kind of like a Dark Souls covenant. Oh, the Spider Covenant. Yeah, the Spider King. How come worms aren't apples anymore? Because spiders got them. Ah, oh, you're right. He set me up. <laughs> you want to do the ending? Yeah, I guess since you did the social yeah. media. Now I have to remember what the fuck the name of your house is. I don't know. You, you saw that they had a big, like, leasing gorilla outside of your apartment. Have complex? you seen it? It's, it's really dumb. They moved it up. Yeah, no, before it was behind some fucking trees that you couldn't even see it. And I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is that? And uh, it's really horrifying. It has individual teeth. It does have individual teeth. That's what I fixate on, too. Why would they make it have individual teeth? This gorilla has individual inflatable (laughs) teeth. But that's neither here nor there. What's here right now... Is that John's gonna do the ending of the episode, which he has remembered verbatim, and I don't change every week. And from everyone here at the individual toothed gorilla guarded 2 bedroom zero credits, was supposed to be in there somewhere, we want to wish you a happy week! Oh, and also we're sorry. Yeah, this is a fucking shit show. Except for Jeff, who stopped listening ten minutes ago. Fuck off, Jeff! Yeah. yeah Fuck yeah. you, Jeff! Fuck you, oh, Jeff! Oh, fucking Jeff! You Fuck want to watch you. the fucking Office? <laughs> Fuck. You want to watch the Office, you fucking little Jeff? <laughs> it sounds really inflammatory to say you little fucking Jeff. You can't call Jeff little. You big Jeff. Real interesting episode. I hear a big Jeff calling, toss salad and scrambled eggs. What's a Jeff to do with all these salad and scrambled Jeff? A Jeffin again. Jeff, 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 Jeff.